Welcome to Ali's Sober Motivation Podcast, Episode 1. This is Ali and I want to welcome you to a new chapter of your life and journey. This is absolutely a safe space where I and others will share with you the journey of recovery from addiction, trauma, domestic violence, sexual assault, identity, and how we've managed to overcome these things to achieve greatness, self-love, self-worth, healing, and the ability to live freely and authentically without chains. Through my own lived experience, I now dedicate my life to helping others, reducing stigma associated with addiction, raising awareness and shining a light in these areas of addiction, domestic violence, sexual assault, promoting harm reduction, treatments, what's worked and what hasn't. I absolutely hope this podcast helps you on your journey to unlocking your true purpose and potential. Just remember, we do recover one day at a time. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, non-binary pals and those still learning their identity, strap in and let's get this started. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Ali here. Episode one, how exciting. You know, they say if you've got a goal or you've got a a dream or something that you want to achieve, you just really have to jump into it and get it started. So uh, that is absolutely what I am doing here. Uh, The purpose is, you know, this burning desire inside of me to uh, carry a message out there to people and, and to try and help, I guess, share my own journey uh, in the hopes that it might be able to assist someone else. Um, A little bit about myself. So my name's Ali. I'm 35 years old. I live in Sydney, Australia. Um, I work in now uh, mental health, drug and alcohol detox and eating disorders. And I am also a transgender peer navigator working for the AIDS Council of New South Wales. Both extremely rewarding roles um, where I can see in my work each day the difference that I make, uh, which is a really, really powerful thing. Um, you know, these, these thoughts that sometimes can get into our heads um, that we're not good enough and that we can't help other people when we're struggling with our own things. Um, I'm just going to say it out out loud and up front is absolutely bullshit. Um, For years and years, I struggled with addiction through my life, uh, hid behind an identity that truly didn't align with me and wasn't who I was uh, through trauma and identity struggle, relationships that, you know, didn't serve me, um, I found myself in addiction. And, you know, the funny thing about addiction is that it absolutely doesn't discriminate. It will pick apart anybody's life. You can be a judge, a lawyer, a nurse, a TV presenter, a music celebrity. It does not discriminate. Uh, So it's really important to remember that if you are listening to this podcast and you think that because of your position in life or what you've worked for, um, that you would lose that by seeking help, my suggestion is please seek help uh, because addiction takes away those things from us in the end. Uh, If we allow our addictions to you know, manifest in our lives in a way that that flows into our work and what we do, then absolutely you're on a path to losing that. It's only by reaching out and asking for help and absolutely implementing that help in your life, in every aspect of your life, um, that you can recover and you can absolutely still hold that qualification or whatever it is that you're doing. I say that uh, from lived experience, I have been a nurse for 16 years now and certainly, you know, I've never in my career 
allowed my addiction to flood into my career. I have never ever been to work under the influence and just couldn't imagine what it would be like, you know, rocking up as this person who's, you know, meant to be helping someone in an intoxicated state. So I'm very, very grateful that that never happened in my life and I have allowed myself access to different treatments and, you know, been able to successfully maintain my career and and help people. But, you know, here's the thing about that is that for so long, you know, as a nurse, we're, we're helping others. And, you know, I really identified that whilst I was helping others, I wasn't helping myself. And, you know, I really had to surrender. I, I just, you know, this one day I just woke up and I thought, you know, I can't live this life anymore, a life that, that's, that's not serving me. And, you know, as many of you, uh, if you're listening and, and still in active addiction, you will know that it isolates you. It takes things away from you. It destroys everything around you. And it's that one substance or, you know, multiple substances that you use were once that coping mechanism and that friend that made you feel like you could move forward and and continue with your life. Um, It's those substances that then turn their back on you very, very quickly and they take all of those things and more away from you. You know, we say that addiction leads to three things, death, jail and institutions. Unless, of course, we can recover and like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, we do recover one day at a time. But having said that, you have to absolutely want recovery. Um, I will say that, you know, if you're listening and you're wanting to help somebody else who is in active addiction at the moment, yelling at them, making them feel bad for what they're doing, putting them on show, calling them names or, you know, attaching a stigma to what they're doing, pushing them to get help, it's absolutely not going to work. Um, I say this because I've had people in my life do the same thing to me, push me to seek treatment and for my own reasons I didn't. Um, You absolutely do not recover from addiction unless you seek the treatment that you need, you implement that treatment in your life. However, you're the person Um, or the person who is in active addiction needs to be the person that puts their hand up and says, I need help, I don't want this lifestyle anymore and I want to make change. You can't force someone to get sober, you can't force someone to get clean. They really have to want it for themselves and, you know, that's something that I've certainly learned about myself is that... You know, I really, really wanted sobriety. And, you know, we say in in the program that I'm in is that, you know, you'll go to any lengths to get it. And now that I have it, I will never, never um, allow my mind to think that I am not someone who has a problem with addiction because I do. Even though I've recovered, even though I've become clean and sober and, you know, made all these amazing changes in my life, for the rest of my life, I know that I have the disease of addiction. So it is a daily check with myself. You know, it's reaching out when I need help. It's implementing all of those things that I learned in treatment. It's picking up the self-help help books. It's reaching out to, you know, people that have been through the same thing that you've been through, being grateful 
for where you're at in your life. And, you know, for me, I am at a place now of self-love and a place where I absolutely value who I am and my self-worth. I am a transgender woman living authentically, happy. You know, it's it's truly amazing the, the changes in your life that will start to unfold when you actively seek recovery. And there is a saying that, you know, it's it's harder to get sober than it is to stay sober. And I absolutely agree with that. So many times, you know, um, negative thoughts might creep into my mind and I'll think, oh, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to have a drink this weekend, but I know that I can't. I just simply can't, you know, because I, this alcoholic here, doesn't drink like other people. I have an allergy to alcohol and that allergy is once you put one into me, there's the compulsion there's the urge, there's the, oh, wow, look at what it's, you know, it's making me feel really amazing, it's making me feel confident, and this alcoholic doesn't stop at one, and then one leads into a pathway back into active addiction. So for that exact reason, I choose to absolutely not pick up at all. I know there might be people out there that think, Oh, you know, I've I've not had a drink for, you know, 12 months, two years. Uh, I'll just have one. Um, if you're familiar with the story of Alcoholics Anonymous, one, like I've just mentioned, um, is all we need to lead us back into active addiction. So just keep that in mind. Um, also, another thing that, I guess I'd like to share upon is that through active addiction, you can always, always find a reason to pick up and use. You know, it's such and such as birthday this weekend, or oh, I've got a wedding to go to, or I've had a really shit day at work, or, you know, there will always be a reason or a justification in your mind to pick up. And like I said, it's only when someone truly arrives at the decision and the choice that they don't want to be in active addiction anymore, that they want sobriety and that they will go to any lengths to get it. Um, you know, I'm sorry to say, but you won't achieve it until you are in that space of, of wanting it. You know, you, you have to absolutely want it. Um, I, I was speaking with my, my sponsor recently and, you know, we identified that it's funny when I first came into, um, treatment and changing my life and becoming sober, there, there was a person that I absolutely admired. I looked up to this person and, you know, I thought this person had all their shit together and, you know, life was so great for them and why couldn't I have that? And we fast forward into my journey and I now actually look at that person and I think that person is still unwell. That person needs some help. And, you know, that's the mindset of the person stuck in addiction is that I... I am now well and I can observe and see the traits and the things that I don't want a part of my life or I can observe and see someone else's selfish ulterior motives or, you know, whatever whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, that that's only achieved through sobriety. Um, you know, this person... I did, I really looked up to, and now I I absolutely wish them, you know, everything that they deserve in life and, you know, happiness uh, in abundance. But, you know, I look at this person and I still think this person 
may be unwell and you know for my own journey and sobriety and where I want to be at um, I absolutely distance myself from that I've learned in my life that uh, you know we can't we can't surround ourselves with people that are going to bring us down, you know, people that aren't vibrating on that same energy that, that we have. You know, they say people, places and things lead to addiction and I absolutely believe that, you know. I have had to remove myself from various you know, friendships and circles and not attend places and certain things because I know that if I go to those places, those people, those circles, that it could potentially lead down a pathway of putting me back into active addiction. And for this person, you know, speaking, I I put my sobriety at number one, you know, that's, to me, that is everything and nothing, nothing will come between me and my sobriety and how much work I've put in to get to exactly where I am. And, you know, that's a place where I'm not addicted. I love myself. I show up, you know, I, I'm active, I'm healthier, you know, i I'm in implementing those things in my life that should have been implemented a long time ago. You know, sure, um, through or, or being in addiction, you know, I have still managed in my life to achieve some really remarkable things. Um, but I truly am excited um, for what the next chapter is, you know, um, because this time I've absolutely surrendered to, you know, a program and to a higher power and um, I will not go back. Um, the value that I have in myself and the personal growth and development has just been insane. You know, they say don't quit before the miracle happens and what I mean by that is don't quit on a program or something that's helping you achieve sobriety because you will start to see miracles and you will start to see those life changes that you so desperately want, you know. Uh, since, since being sober and not stuck in active addiction, you know, I've been able to work through trauma associated with past relationships in those relationships, you know, I experienced domestic violence, sexual assault, narcissism, stealthing. You know, these are really, really serious and, and horrible things. And, you know, they led me to a place of, of darkness. They led me to a place where I believed I wasn't worthy of love, of happiness, of great things in my life and it wasn't until I actually sat down and started working through those traumas and those events that I realised that I am absolutely worthy of happiness and, and love and greatness and, you know, achieving my goals and my dreams in this life. It's funny how we allow other people to determine what we think of ourselves. And I've just reached a point in my life where I simply cannot hold space for someone who wants to pass judgment or put their negative thoughts on myself or the people around me to make themselves feel better. That's just not something that I want in my life. You know, I, I now surround myself with happy people, sober people, clean people, people that want to achieve success, people that know what they want in life, people that are driven. And, you know, once you start doing those things, once you start implementing those small changes in your life, you will absolutely start to notice the differences 
unfold, you know. We're a product of the people and the company that we keep and we are a product of our environment. So, you know, for me, since becoming sober, I've moved, you know. I got myself out of the area that I was in, you know, from, you know, remembering triggers and and things that that might have sparked me back into active addiction. So I recognised, okay, I've got to get out of here. So I ended up moving to... Uh, a new location and, you know, where I'm at now, I just absolutely love it. Um, You know, I removed certain people from my life. I put barriers up with certain people and, you know, I've been very, very firm in my limit setting and my boundaries and I've had to be. Um, Through doing that, I've absolutely seen the miracles start to unfold um it truly is remarkable what you can achieve if you set your mind to it treatment for addiction can be complicated um but it can also be very very simple um i guess it depends on uh what you are recovering from what you're coming off Uh, For this uh, addict over here, alcoholic, uh, I had to detox from alcohol and, um, you know, that's a very, very dangerous, dangerous detox because, you know, we can have alcoholic withdrawal seizures and all sorts of different things can happen. So... You know, if you are someone who is a heavy drinker, my advice to you, and you're wanting to get off it, my advice to you would be to reach out to your local drug and alcohol service in your local health district. Um, I'm based in Sydney, Australia, so we call them local health districts, but um, reach out to your local drug and alcohol service and open the discussion around detox what does a detox look like and what happens during a detox and uh, rehabilitation programs what is a rehabilitation program how long does it last for do you need to do a rehabilitation program you know these are all questions that um, people may ask themselves or you know they might be too afraid to reach out to a service in fear of the stigma associated with their drug use or alcohol use. Um, And actually, I'm not going to separate drug use and alcohol use because alcohol is a drug. It's it's a drug that sadly is is one that's glorified in our society nowadays. Um, But having said that, it is still a drug. So... um, I'm just trying to think where we were at. So, you know, it really does um, depend on which um, particular drug uh, that you are using as to what your recovery might look like. Um, But I would absolutely encourage you to reach out to your service and ask those questions. And, you know, if you are worried about the stigma associated with the type of drug that you use or the way you administer your drugs. Um, My advice is please, please let go of that. You know, we, we are worthy of a good life, you know, and what led you to addiction and what led you to where you are at right now, if you are in active addiction and wanting help, um, I'm sure there were events in your life that were beyond your control. Um, so please remove the judgment from yourself, I guess. that That's the first step uh, in reducing stigma. Remove that judgment from yourself and, you know, tell yourself each and every day until you reach out to that service that you are worthy of recovery You're worthy of happiness and greatness and you can recover. You can do this.
I'm absolutely not saying that, um, you know, it's, it's easy because, um, you know, making that choice to reach out initially can be one of the hardest choices we make in our life. But I absolutely assure you that once you reach out and, you know, you stay on that path of, of sobriety and, uh, being out of, you know, the clutches of addiction that, your life will change, your mindset will change, your outlook will change, the company you keep will change, uh, everything in your life will change for the better. And it it's a remarkable feeling, honestly. It is a truly remarkable feeling. And I say that because I, I feel it. You know, I I can wake up each day now and I can sit there and easily write, 10, 20 things that I'm grateful for in my life. And, you know, I was never, ever able to do that before because I allowed addiction to control my life. I allowed other people and their opinions or their judgments or whatever it was to control my life, you know. And it wasn't until I stepped up to the plate and I was like, no, I don't want that you know, and took control of my own life and started identifying, you know, my own character defects and what I needed to work on that I was able to get myself to a point where here I am creating a podcast and, you know, sharing my journey with you. Um, I guess for me in, in this podcast, uh, it might be important to identify uh, things in my life which I believe uh, contributed to my addiction. You know, I I was raised uh, by parents who both experienced active addiction in their lifetimes. Both of my parents are still alive and I know that... Um, you know, they they just cheer me on um, in my sobriety um, and they too have, have managed to overcome those addictions in their life. And so I guess what I'm trying to say there is, you know, growing up and being predisposed to seeing these behaviours um, can absolutely, you know, predisposed you to being someone who becomes addicted to a substance or, you know, alcohol, a drug, whatever it might be. Um, And I think I might just highlight there as well that, you know, it's not only drugs and alcohol substances that we become addicted to. You know, there's gambling, there's sex, there's love addiction, there's, you know, kleptomania. You know, there's so many addictions uh, that people probably don't even realise that they have um, until they start, you know, on a path and working with a professional. And, you know, for me, I certainly realised that you know, some of these past relationships that I've had in my life which have involved domestic violence and abuse in some way or another, um, I allowed that to happen without knowing, obviously, or, you know, saying, hit me or, you know, whatever it might have been. I, you know, certainly never gave permission for any of those things to happen. But what I'm saying is that I allowed those things to happen through my own self-worth and where I was at in my life, you know. And what I'm trying to say is that I sought validation from other people. So I remained in these relationships. I allowed these people to do these things and... Of course, after they do these things, the love bombing comes and the, the, I'll never do that to you again. And, 
um, and you believe them because you want to feel wanted, you want to feel loved, you want, you know, you want someone to fill up that emptiness inside of you that you can't fill up for yourself. Um, so, you know, I've recognised that um, and I am single and I am single for a reason because I'm working on myself, you know. I love myself now. I love myself, I should say. I value myself. I have a purpose in life. I have goals. I have dreams. I have ambitions and, you know, I aspire to many things and I'm not going to allow um, a relationship in my life to dictate to those things. So unless someone is, is going to put me second, which is what I would want, I would want for them to put themselves first, um, you know, and to put me second and, you know, to compliment me and my journey and who I am, I guess, you know. And, you know, a relationship is about building each other up, you know, not tearing each other down. And, you know, for me, I I guess um, I've recognised that I won't settle for shit. Um, I won't settle for things that don't serve me. It's it's just as simple as that. Um, you know, so absolutely there is nothing wrong with, with being single and, and focusing on yourself and your own self-love, your value and the direction of your life in, in which you want to go. And, you know, when the time's right... Um, you know, that stuff, you know, the the love and and the relationship will come when it's meant to come. Um, So for me, um, I'm just going to start by talking a little bit about detox and what that was like. Um, So when I recognised that I needed to actively address my addiction. I, of course, like I've said to you guys on this podcast, reached out to uh, drug and alcohol service and being a health professional, that was a very, very hard thing for me to do. You know, I, I feared that I was going to lose my career. I, I felt like even though my addiction had never spilled into my work, I, even though my addiction uh, never took me to work intoxicated um, or, you know, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, my addiction never ever impeded on my abilities to be a health professional um, you know, I'd always been very, very responsible and, and had a check on that. Uh, and if I believed for a second that, you know, it was impacting on my work, then, you know, I removed myself from that situation. Um, so rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, that I and, you know, my non-binary pals that are listening that I absolutely never, ever allowed my addiction to spill into my work. Having said that, you know, because of my work, like I mentioned, it was very, very hard to reach out and ask for help. You know, swallowing your pride and admitting that you have a problem when you're a person who is helping others, it's really, really hard. Um... So my advice to anybody on this podcast that's listening who, like I mentioned earlier, might hold a position in society where you feel you could potentially lose that position as a result of your addiction, my advice is to take action, reach out, ask for the help because eventually the addiction will take that that qualification or that place in society away from you unless you do something about it. You know, I've 
been fortunate enough to, you know, maintain my professional standing in the community, which is truly remarkable considering the places, people and things that my addiction took me to. Um, But thankfully, you know, I'm no longer there, which is truly remarkable, absolutely remarkable. Um, Reach out for help, reach out for help. I just, I can't say it enough. You know, your confidentiality is treated with the utmost respect. You know, we have laws here in Australia that prevent, you know, information being disclosed in regards to our health, unless, of course, uh, you are a danger to yourself or to others. That might be, and you know, an exception to your information being passed on. But if you're in a position in society um, where you are ashamed of your addiction, but you're not reaching out for help because you're scared um, of the stigma associated with addiction and you thinking that you, you know, or people that hold your professional standing in society uh, shouldn't suffer with addiction, you need to remove that from your mindset and you need to absolutely tell yourself that you're worthy of recovery, you're worthy of keeping that professional standing in the community and, um, you know, you're worthy of a better life. We do recover one day at a time. Um, You know, I share my journey here and, you know, it makes me flash back to so many different things in my addiction and things that I, you know, want to bring up and things that I want to talk about. And being my first podcast, um, I don't actually know um, whether I should be covering all those things yet, but they absolutely will be covered in time. Um, My hope is that just by someone listening to this that, you know, I've, I've carried a message to them to reach out and ask for help. So back to what I was saying before about what it's like to go to detox. I think before we talk about that, um, we should probably identify what addiction is. And there are so, so many definitions of what addiction is. So um, for the purpose, I guess, of uh, this podcast, um, I'm using the definition from Health Direct and they describe addiction as a physical or psychological need to do, take or use something to the point where it could be harmful to you. Um, I would actually go as far to say that um, addiction is a physical or psychological need to do, take or use something to the point where it does cause harm to you. Addiction, when we approach a treatment facility or we look at treatment options, um, if we go back to detox, what that looks like is approaching your chosen detox. And that can either be uh, here in Australia, either a public detox or a private detox. The difference between the two, um, there is a lot of difference, uh, but I don't think uh, this podcast is where I'll get into that. I think we'll explore that uh, on another episode. Um, For the purposes of this podcast, let's just break it down to say that you'll approach the uh, drug and alcohol service and they will most likely want to do what's called an intake and assessment. What that involves is a comprehensive assessment of what your current needs are, what you're currently struggling with, what you hope to achieve, uh, and certainly discuss what 
your goals are, what you would like your treatment to look like. And this is also an opportunity for you to ask the assessor, you know, questions about what it's like to detox. What sort of things will you experience and how will this medically assisted detox facility assist you in coping and managing the symptoms that come with detoxing from a substance or alcohol. Um, With a detox facility uh, that is a medically assisted detox, I believe that that is the safest option to detox. There are facilities out there that offer alternate methods. However, um, and I think any doctor or medical professional will agree with me, is that um, the withdrawal symptoms and the things that our bodies can do and the things that can happen when we withdraw and take away a substance that our body has become so dependent and so used to having, um, those symptoms that come are not necessarily pleasant and it can be really dangerous to detox in a facility or, I guess, um, on your own without medical supervision. Um, When we talk about detox, I guess, um, another way of detoxing is by having a medically assisted detox, but not particularly going in and staying in a facility. Uh, I am just of the opinion, and for me uh, personally, going into a facility uh, was certainly a safer option for me, and one that I felt more comfortable with. I knew that I would have a team of experts supporting me through what I was experiencing whilst I was detoxing and that that team would also ensure the implementation of my follow-up care. And, you know, fast-forwarding into my sobriety and now I still go and attend my appointments with those services that were put in place. You know, I still wake up each morning and remember what it was like to be in active addiction and what it's like now to be sober. And, you know, I absolutely live for today and I choose my sobriety and, you know, the life that's come with that any day over where I was at in active addiction. So I guess, um, you know, you need to to decide, I guess, what works best for you, but do that with a medical professional um, or someone who is going to support you through that journey. You know, if you're looking at a home detox because you don't want to go into a medical facility and it is a medically assisted home detox, it's it's going to be tough, you know, and you have to ensure that you've got supports in place, you know, have someone stay with you that, you know, if you don't trust yourself to, for example, a doctor prescribes you perhaps a benzodiazepine such as Valium or something to assist you with withdrawal symptoms and you don't trust yourself to not overtake or misuse that that drug, you know, you have to have people that you trust around you, you know, give that medication to that person, have them stay with you and, you know, only allow them to administer you what you are meant to be taking. Um, but like I said, you know, these are conversations that, of course, you will have uh, with an intake and assessment officer or a drug and alcohol worker um, or even your GP for that matter, your GP can be an amazing um, and absolutely imperative part of your recovery. And in fact, to go to a detox facility and address addiction, generally speaking, you will require a referral from your GP. Um, 
for those that are listening to the podcast that aren't in Australia, the GP is the general practitioner, they're the local doctor we would see, and they write all of the referrals to services um, outside of their care that we require. Um, So, you know, having a good relationship with your GP is also imperative to a recovery and a good outcome in your recovery and maintaining your sobriety you know, at checking in with your GP with regular follow-ups and certainly in terms of any medications that the detox facility uh, or drug and alcohol service might um, prescribe for you as a form of, you know, withdrawal treatment or ongoing treatment after your detox that will certainly need to be overlooked and monitored by a health professional, whether that be the doctor from the service that you've you've accessed uh, in terms of getting help for your um, detox or whether that's your GP, um, you will obviously come up with that plan uh, pre, during your recovery. So I hope that answers, I guess, um, a few questions about detox uh, and addiction. I know that in our next episodes, we'll most likely delve a little bit deeper into what addiction is, um, you know, the types of behaviours, I guess, that... um, can show themselves uh, when someone is trapped in addiction. Uh, For those that are listening that are wanting to support someone that they know who is struggling uh, with addiction, then, you know, we will also identify signs and things to look out for and perhaps ways of approaching that person to see whether or not there's anything you can do to offer your help and assistance to help that person. As I did mention earlier in the podcast, however, uh, addiction is kind of one of those things that, you know, the more someone stands in front of you and judges you for it or tells you that you're doing the wrong thing and or, you know, uses stigma language like you're a junkie or, you know, you're an alco or things like that, they aren't helpful comments and they aren't helpful behaviours. The more someone does that, um, I believe personally and from my own personal experience, it just makes you absolutely not want to seek help. Um, So, you know, it it is a subject that needs to be... um, broach with caution um you know and there's definitely ways of doing it which which can have you know positive outcomes and definitely ways that can have negative outcomes i think uh also in further episodes you know we'll look at other addictions you know we we won't just be talking about drugs and alcohol we'll be talking about you know, gambling, we'll be talking about love addiction, we'll be talking about sex addiction, we'll be talking about, you know, all of those behaviours, I guess, that come under the umbrella of addictive behaviour and perhaps ways of addressing those behaviours to ultimately living your purpose and where you want to be in life, you know. For me, Absolutely, recovery is the best. Uh, My life has changed so, so much and I'm so, so grateful for the life that I have now. I value myself. I love myself. I surround myself with good people. My environment is a reflection of the person that I want to be. Um, You know, life is just so much better. So uh, I guess we will also as mentioned uh, in our intro, be discussing things that lead to addiction. So, you know, for me personally, in my life, uh, there have certainly been struggles with gender identity. Um, You know, I've 
I am undergoing medical transition of gender and, you know, it's taken a very long time to reach a spot in my life that, you know, I do love myself and I'm comfortable with that and I'm authentically me and I am proud of who I am. So part of my work in what I do for the AIDS Council of New South Wales is assist my fellow transgender community and my non-binary pals and my, you know, anybody that's questioning gender or, you know, struggling with ideas or access to treatment or what to do, you know, I'm, I'm really, really passionate about that. You know, we will also cover off topics, um, that again have led me to addictive behaviors and those are things like, uh, you know, failed relationships and what happened in those relationships such as domestic violence and sexual assault and, you know, I did mention stealthing earlier and I guess when we have different guests come onto the show, uh, we will certainly be covering a broad range of things. So keep your eye on the topics associated with the podcast but it's absolutely a pleasure to get this podcast off the ground and I'm so so excited to anybody here that's listening thank you so so much and just recognize your value and your self-worth and know that you're an amazing person despite what those voices in your head are telling you and you are absolutely worthy of happiness love and a joyful life that you know is beyond your wildest imagination and that's what recovery can give to you so thank you so much uh, once again for listening to me. If you want to jump over and uh, give me a like on my Instagram account, you'll find that handle at Ali's Motivation. And you can also jump online onto your Facebook account and give me a follow on my Facebook group, which is Ali's Motivation a journey of life, self-love, discovery, and healing. Until our next episode, peeps, take care. Remember to love yourself, nurture yourself, and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening today. We appreciate you and appreciate that you're here with us. If you've liked what you've heard today, don't forget to subscribe for upcoming episodes and leave us a review. We're always looking at improving how we do things, so if you have some feedback you'd like to provide, please do. We're also on the lookout for people to share their journeys and experiences. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please send us through a request and we'll be in touch. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at Ali's Motivation and join our Facebook group, Ali's Sober Motivation. We hope today's episode has been enjoyable and perhaps educational. We look forward to bringing you future episodes. Until the next one, have an amazing week.